Welcome to the Hump Podcast. It is good to be back with you guys this beautiful rainy morning as we're recording. It is pouring rain outside. We got storms coming up all day long. Uh, But today is one of my favorite words. Uh, It's fun to say. Uh, It's a word that actually kind of sounds old and very churchy, uh, but is actually a big part in every believer's life. In fact, this word, it rhymes with multiplication. What could it be? Uh, Sanctification is the word. It's not addition. Division. No, I don't know. When you welcome, when you did the welcome thing, all I could think about was, you know, where you have the beep, 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 beep. I don't know I don't, what that is. Like where the I have literally no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> Garrett is making weird sound effects and shooting gun fingers. Pew, pew. No, what's, what's that like? Garrett's uh, playing laser tag today. I can't think of. There's like like it's that like thing from the early 2000s that that sound effect. Um, yeah, never mind. <laughs> if Garrett finds this out, we will announce it at it's the end. I'll tell you what show. we'll do. I'll figure out how to start doing drops. Audio drops. And there we'll we get, go. That'll be our first yep. one. <laughs> we'll drop that little sound effect in. If Garrett pew, finds pew, it, we'll pew. announce it. But as oh of now, no, we'll record Garrett doing it. <laughs> that'll be good. that. That recording of Garrett saying that, I'll get that clip, and that will be it. And we'll use it every episode. Anytime we have news, how's it go, Garrett? <laughs> <laughs> no, I wish I had it right now. I wish I could do it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So stuff. sanctification, uh, it is a big part in all believers' life, and if you're listening. Uh, today and you are a believer in Jesus Christ, uh, you are actually going through sanctification right now, whether you know it or not. Uh, mm. And if you are an unbeliever, uh, you don't believe in Jesus Christ, or or, or maybe you uh, just haven't given your life to Christ, sanctification is something that I believe uh, will be an important part of your life, hoping and praying that you will yeah. accept Jesus Christ one day. Yeah, it's good stuff. So, hey, let's start off Let's start off with something a little fun. No pressure. No it's pressure. always pressure when you announce something's going to be fun. Because then, then yeah, if it's now, not... Now, now it might not be like, fun at all. Kind of like when you try to announce a sound effect. <laughs> oh, yeah. You, <laughs> but you can't really remember what it was or like describe it, and so you do it, and everyone looks at you like, what? If, if I played the sound effect, you would know what I was talking about instantly, but I can't think of the name <laughs> of the sound effect. Well, if I was you, I'd start looking for it. Because right, so we're going to start off. We'll do this really quick. This has nothing to do with sanctification, so forgive me if Love it. you came on this for sanctification. It's coming, because it's a process. Um, but Ooh, Okay. Well, okay. Maybe, well, all right, so... If you guys could spend one day, you get a 24-hour period with any celebrity. Jesus, I win. Next. <laughs> That's a lie. Oh, I guess Jesus is alive. <laughs> Dang it. Um, any celebrity <laughs> Any celebrity that uh, is, in a, we'll just say in America, who would you choose and what would you do? Um, Money's not an option. Will you Ferrell. can do whatever you want. All right, Will, Will Ferrell. Ferrell. Um, we have matching scars <laughs> on our stomachs, me and Will Ferrell. So... Um, plus, <laughs> I really feel like he would be a riot to be around. That would be fun. Um, and I think, I'm trying to think of like something that would just be like goofy, you know, that would just lean right into like his skill set. Um, Maybe like Disney World. Yeah. you. Yeah. Can you imagine just walking around with Will Ferrell for a day at <laughs> Disney World? Like what, like stories you'd leave with? Oh, that might be it. That, that's it. I think that's my answer. Will you know, Ferrell he would have VIP access to any oh, ride. Oh, dude, it's Will Ferrell. So like, you just walk up, and they're like, oh, it's yep. Will Ferrell. He, gets to go, he probably gets to go in the underground tunnels with Mickey. And the yeah, yeah, seriously. And you just, are there underground tunnels? Is that how they travel? Bro, you didn't know that? 
Uh, Disneyland I'm not a big Disney World like, underground aficionado. tunnels throughout the whole park. That's lit. Dude, Will Ferrell would mm. definitely get me in. It's for the staff and it's for the mascots. That's how they get around without going yeah. through traffic. Um, I said traffic like it was LA, <laughs> but it kind of is. Disneyland is actually traffic. I think that's my answer. Will Ferrell and Disney World. Which one's bigger, Disneyland or World? I actually don't know. I think Disney I World's know. bigger. We'll go Disney World. Will Ferrell. That's my answer. Alex. Garrett? I can't think of anyone. I'm like sitting here trying to think of someone, but there's like there's Garrett's no one. Like, really. I don't is NT right American or is he alive? <laughs> he's alive. Is he American? No. He's European and he's, English he's or something. British. He's yeah. a professor at Oxford. Does he live in America right yeah, now? Yeah, he's not a celebrity. <laughs> he's a theologian. Well, right? <laughs> he's a celebrity in the in the theologian world. Although I. <clears throat> Uh, never mind. <laughs> OG, come on, Gary. One I really person. don't. I really don't know. Um, mm. I don't know. Probably a. Probably a. I think I know who yours would be. Yeah. The guy who is uh, Luke Skywalker. What's his Mark name? Mark Hamill. Yeah, Mark Hamill. That'd I feel like that's cool your person. Yeah. And just to hear the inner workings of Star Wars. Yeah. Like behind the scenes stuff. I, I was. I, that's kind of what I was thinking. Maybe talking to George Lucas. That would be cool. Sitting yeah. down and, and picking his brain, or I was trying to think of like maybe an author or someone. See, Garrett wants to sit down. This is a big difference. Mike is going to Disney World with Will Ferrell. With Will Ferrell, <laughs> seeing what we can get into. Garrett wants to sit down and pick somebody's brain. <laughs> I'm taking Will Smith, and we're just gonna go do something crazy. You know what's I, I don't funny know what is we're gonna do. Will Smith immediately popped into my head. I don't know why. He's just that guy. Yeah, but like Will Smith immediately popped in my head. And then I got to Will Ferrell. That's how yeah. I, Will. Will Smith's probably my favorite actor, though. He's pretty good, man. Um, I just think he's hilarious. I mean, obviously, he's pretty good. He's <laughs> mega rich. One of, the, and, one of the most famous actors, yeah, probably. So. <laughs> but, yeah, I think I would hang out with Will Smith. I, I think we would uh, spend time. I don't know. I, I think we'd, I'd pro- we'd probably go to, like, go skydiving or something or something goofy. I'd like to be around people with him, though, because I think he's pretty fun. Cool to interact with. Yeah, yeah see dinner. That's kind of how. That's Maybe we'd thought. meet you at Disney World. I, I don't know. Actually, <laughs> I, no, I want to be with Will Smith, and I want to go sit courtside to the Lakers. That's what I would do. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, cool. So where did you think of this? I mean, there was just I don't, like, I don't know. I just felt like I wanted to know who you guys uh, would hang out with. It yeah. didn't have anything to do. Well, I'm anything. lame. But, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, Garrett, Garrett's I lame. I feel like uh, Will Ferrell was pretty predictable for me. And I feel like George Lucas was pretty predictable <laughs> yeah. for Garrett. I mean, I got Mark Hamill, but I didn't think about the creator uh, or the writer or whatever he would be known as. But um, I would love to, to sit down with, with Tolkien, but he's dead, obviously. Well, we'll let, but, the next question will be the bit. Somebody that's dead that you can hang out with. Yeah. And you can't pick Jesus. What? Because he's alive. Because he's alive. Yeah. <laughs> Peter. <laughs> Wait, yeah, are we doing that now? We're doing that. We'll do that another time. Oh, we'll do that another right? time. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Too right. much fun on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, let's get um, to serious business. Sanctification. Yeah. No one likes fun. <laughs> Especially me. You that's need to why. be sanctified if, if you're listening to this. There's no fun unless you're not. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what is sanctification? I, I think uh, let's break this down. It's a long word. It's a big word, and usually if you go to more than likely a traditional church, uh, you might hear the word sanctification more often than you would say a new church plant. And I could be wrong, but it just seems like a it seems yeah. like a word that they used to use back in the day. Yeah. Well, I may, it may be my own problem that I just don't pay attention. I have be. not heard that word used 
many times in church. All right, we need to challenge Bucky like, Walters. Probably less than five in my life. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm huh. gonna call Bucky. I'm gonna tell him. Wow. I'm gonna see use if he that can specific use it. phrase. Yeah, that he word. needs to use it in a sermon five times this Sunday. I feel like I've heard it described a lot. Like I feel like I've heard right. about the process and and like you know we talk about it, but I don't know that I've now again. This may be a me problem. Like Bucky may be like, dude, I use that in every sermon. Um, and I would be like, <laughs> you just told are you sure? <laughs> um, but growing up is mainly what I'm talking You know, growing up through church, uh, I, I really don't remember hearing that word very much. Um, we, yep. You know, we talked I, about. And I think we don't hear the actual word. I think yeah, we do yeah. hear the, um, maybe the example of what right. it should look like in the our life. The description of yeah. it, yeah. So I, I think the word sanctification, it's not in Scripture as much as you're going to find maybe the word holy. Yeah. Uh, but the ho- holiness, for example, is a big part of sanctification. And that's maybe, I think the more we talk about it, you'll realize, oh, I realize I hear the word sanctification more in church. Not the ex- word, but the essence of it. It wasn't all that long ago someone could have just said, something about sanctification and I could be like, I don't really know what that means because I didn't know the word. And then you're like, this is what and I'm like, Oh yeah, I know what that is. I just didn't realize right, that yeah. was the word. It's like, for, you know what it means, but you yeah, don't know. And, what and the I word mean, truthfully, means. like, you know, this wasn't very long ago, like in the last couple of years that you could have just been like, Hey, let's talk about sanctification. And I'd have been like, describe it. Cause I, you know, that's really interesting to me because the history of sanctification in the church is, it is, is wrought with, with conflict and debate over, you know the way that it is implemented in in our faith. Um, there's I, I've mentioned before. There's there's three different sects sects s e t s of Christendom, um, meaning like you can you can refer to yourself as a Christian, but kind of hold different understanding and beliefs of your faith. There's Roman Catholicism, Greek Orthodox, and Protestantism. Um, we're all Protestant. Um, I'm, I'm a Greek Protestant. Orthodox. Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Protestant is split into denominations. Like um, <laughs> I'm I'm a Baptist. I'm not Protestant. <laughs> Wait, what? Uh, well, Protestant we saying I'm a Baptist. <laughs> <laughs> can, can I can I get that we'll, sound bit we'll just get, for my own we'll pleasure? Do, that'll be another drop. <laughs> now we got to get one on Christian now. So I'm not saying. Well, pro- Protestantism. So they all originated as what is called the Universal Church. Um, the apostolic church and then roman catholicism and greek orthodox split um off of each other around um between 700 and 900 that happened and then protestantism split from roman catholicism during martin luther um, which would have been around the 1500s and um but all three of these different trends of christianity that's called christendom each of these different trends have a different interpretation of sanctification and the role it plays. Roman Catholicism views your salvation doesn't come until you're sanctified. They really view, a, a, they put works before salvation. Um, and so sanctification is the, the process of working your way into salvation. Roman Catholicism is very focused on, on works. Greek Orthodox is more focused on the suffering aspect of that of of growth, and so they'll say, you know, you're you're saved by faith, but that faith is proved through the way you suffer in sanctification. It, if you if you go to a, a Greek Orthodox Easter service, 
all they focus on is the suffering of Jesus. They are just really emphatic about suffering. Um, and so sanctification to a Greek, Greek Orthodox is more about the way you suffer for the cause of Christ. Protestantism says you. we focus more on, on what Paul says in Romans, you're saved by faith, and then you're sanctified. Um, you, sanctification is the practice of growing more like Christ after your salvation. Um, so we're more closer, we're closer to Greek Orthodox in our view of sanctification than Roman Catholicism is, and than we are to Roman Catholicism. But um, I, I, I think, to me, Protestantism has the clear biblical um, view of sanctification, um, just by reading, you know, I'll read two passages here, um, one's from Romans and the other's from James. Um, um, Ro- this is Romans chapter, um, oh, I, I had it written here, but I don't, I think it's, it's chapter 321. It says, but now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been revealed, attested by the law and the prophets. The righteousness of God is through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe, since there is no distinction. So Paul is saying, you are righteous, not by what you do, not by what you sacrifice, not by your actions, but through the passive action of Christ and by believing in him. That's where you are saved. You're saved by faith. Um, And then sanctification follows that. Sanctification doesn't lead to your salvation. Sanctification comes out of your salvation, comes out of your redemption. Um, And then the reason there's conflict in this is because of what James writes, um, and, and this is in, in James um, chapter 2, verse 14. It says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but does not have works? Can such faith save him? Um, and then he goes on to say, Faith without works is dead. And so there's this different opinion of salvation within Christendom. Is, are we saved by what we do? Or are we saved by faith, and what we do pours out of our salvation? And I think the clear, you know, James is writing to the church who has heard what Paul has to say, that salvation is through faith, but now they're not working. Now they're just saying, okay, I've been saved, I can do what I want, I'm just going to sit here and be lazy until Christ comes back, I'm just going to kind of live like the rest of the world. And James is writing in rebuttal to that, he's saying, you are saved by faith, but without working, you're not sanctified. Yeah. That's the point that James is making. He's not saying you're saved by working your way into your faith. He's saying by being saved in faith, now it's time to become sanctified, to work your way into a closer relationship with God. Right. And I think that's the clear biblical example of sanctification, um, which you know I, th- I think Protestantism exemplifies, but... That's a little bit of the history of sanctification. We believe, if you are a de- of any denominational church of Pro- Protestantism, our belief in sanctification is that you're saved by faith, and out of that salvation, your works bring you closer to God and right. and becoming like Him. Right. Um, which you know brings us to John fifteen. Um, 
But before we go to John 15, do you mind if I start? Oh, no, I was, I was kind of, I'm kind of leaving it open. Okay, there. sorry, Micah, go ahead. Go no, to John 15. <laughs> um, yeah, so as the works are should be a result of our salvation. And, you know, the I think the more you grow as a Christian and a big key to sanctification, dang, Micah is ripped. He just, he just showed, he's flexing over there. <laughs> Sorry you guys couldn't yeah, see that. Yeah, that's what we do while we're in our podcast. <laughs> we we're not talking while everybody's not. Or, or stretching. <laughs> yeah, stretching. <laughs> but if the stretching looks like flexing, yeah, yeah. wow, I have really declined over the years. <laughs> um, so so you know. what I'm saying is um, a big part of sanctification is growth. Uh, I, I think that is one of the main keys in sanctif- uh, in being sanctified uh, is that you are going to grow in your relationship with Christ. And part of that looks like uh, the works that you do are, are going to increase. The works that you do are going to uh, be more about God and then less about yourself. And, and I want to read Philippians chapter 2, uh, verse 12 and 13, and then we can go on to John 15 uh, and take it away. But in, in Philippians chapter 2, Uh, The Apostle Paul writes, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Uh, So so part of us in our in our in our salvation experience is we are to work out our salvation. So one, we work out salvation. We're already saved. Um, There's already that salvation there. But we are to work it out. Like James says, uh, faith without works is dead. We're to work out like, hey, I truly have been saved by Christ. And because of that, as a result, I'm going to act this way. I'm going to do this a certain way. I'm going to follow the things that he has for me. Uh, but then in verse 13, not only are we to work out our salvation, uh, you know, talking about the process of sanctification, but here's the key in sanctification is that verse 13, it says it's God who works in us. Uh, and God works in us in that process. Part of being sanctified is, uh, I think if I can give sanctification a, a simple definition for us to understand, and this is um, the, the way I understand sanctification, is that sanctification is us getting rid of our sin and becoming more and more like Jesus. Uh, so sanctification is our process of becoming more like Christ. Uh, and I don't know, would you guys agree with that? that oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that's one of the easiest ways, and we'll talk about that. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're to work out that salvation. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to have to put in some work to be sanctified, but it's also God who works in us, mm-hmm. as we see in Philippians. And that's what you see in John, too. Mm-hmm. And I love that passage there in Philippians, Fear and Trembling. I, th- I think back to, in, and there's a actually a book called Fear and Trembling um, that was written by Searing Kierkegaard back in the 1800s. Yeah. I need to read Kierkegaard. Is he good? I, I um, Is he hard to read? Yeah, he's more, I haven't actually read, I've just read the basically the premise of the book. Oh, yeah. I've not actually sat down and read it. He's he's more of a philosopher theologian than okay. he is theologian. Um, but it, it's just a really interesting take on, on sanctification. And he goes with this premise of, you know, he, he talks about Abraham, and he was saved by faith. We see that in um, in Hebrews. They talk about, um, and, and Paul talks about in Romans, that Abraham was justified by faith, mm-hmm. that God saved him, God cleansed him because of his faith. And then out of that, what does what does he end up doing? He, God gives him his, his son, God gives him this miracle. God tells him, now I want you to go sacrifice your miracle. We talked about this last week. And Abraham does it. 
And Kierkegaard, in, in this book, focuses on kind of the in-between the text, imagining the fear and trembling that was going on within Abraham, the emotional turmoil, as out of his faith, out of the salvation that came through his faith, he's growing closer to God through fear and trembling. Oh, he's yeah. growing closer to God through this angst of, oh my gosh, now I have to go sacrifice what God has given me. I have to go give back to God what God has bestowed upon me. And he grew closer to God through that three and a half day journey to Mount Moriah. And that's what Kierkegaard talks about. And, and that's what sanctification is. We're not saved by sanctification. We grow closer to God in that process of sanctification. And we see that in, in John 15 yep. as well. Um. Garrett's got a phone call he's got to take. He, he's a popular guy. Yeah. Um, when, that's what happens when you become a senior minister. Yeah, when you become a senior minister, you take you phone s- calls. You start getting phone calls. We only get text messages. I get text messages. And yeah. in, I get Instagram DMs. I bet, he gets, I bet he gets a lot of emails. Yeah, he probably gets a lot of um, probably letters. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> Telegrams, faxes. Yeah, I bet back in the day, pastors had to write lots of letters. It's funny, I hear about like... Uh, I've heard like other ministers talk about like their schedule and stuff, and they're like Monday's kind of an for a lot of I've heard Monday's like an admin day. They, you know, you know, respond to emails, do stuff in the yeah. office, stuff like that. And I'm like, how is part of your schedule responding emails? I get like, like one a week. Email? Yeah, I get like two I get like emails. ten a day, and nine and a half of them, talking averages, are junk. Yeah, Not, so, like, yeah. probably three a week that I get are like worthy of right. like, oh, I need to like respond quickly. 98% of the emails I read are from two people that are like leadership guru yeah. guys. And I just read their email and that's it. And there's no, it doesn't call for a response. Exactly. Yeah. It's just a, Hey, so just so you know, kind of a thing. But, yeah. Uh, uh, phone calls and emails. Um, yeah. But as Garrett's taking his important phone call, yeah. uh, he's probably leading somebody to Christ and yeah. uh, you, you know, the pastor thing. Uh, we're going to go through John 15 as we're talking about sanctification. We're talking about the process of becoming more like Jesus. Micah, do you want to read? Do you yep. want to? Do you I'll want to just in. read and start in verse 1? We'll start at verse 1, and I think a lot of the meat is uh, early in the this passage here that we're going to look at. Let's do it. All right, so verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every, yeah, <laughs> while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Uh, Yeah, and like Christian kind of said, first of all, it starts, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. So this Mm -hmm. immediately indicates Jesus is the main vine. He is the producer. The source of life. Yeah, and my Father is the gardener. My Father is the one who does the work. My Father is the one who prunes he's the one who cuts off he's the one who allows you to bear fruit um so he immediately says he cuts off every branch of me that bears no fruit um i always i've taught on this before and i use my uh my dad's i think later on in this passage he talks about um i might be wrong here but um <laughs> there's somewhere it talks about him getting rid of what's yeah. thrown away yeah so he's a branch that's six, thrown yeah. away and withers such branches are picked up thrown into the fire and burned uh this one's pretty vivid to me because often uh, my dad's kind of a man, um, and I'm not. So like, as so a kid, your dad's like a manly. Man. He's like a man. Okay. Yeah, like he cut firewood and like burned the tree. You know, like we just the, had this conversation. Micah doesn't like fixing anything dude, in his I just, house. I like. I honestly thought I would enjoy the process, but it's it's. I don't. It's, so it's, it's, it's plain, for the birds. plain speaking, I don't enjoy it <laughs> at all. Um, 
the only reward I get is not having to pay someone to do it. But, you know, anyway. But then you break it and it costs more. Exactly. So, but um, go ahead. Yeah. So, I remember as a kid, we would go cut firewood. Someone would have a tree down and they knew my dad from the community and knew he used fire to heat the house in the winter. So, he we would go and I'd go with him a lot um, and we would cut the tree into firewood. And then obviously the, the limbs and things like that weren't really useful to us. So, what we would do is dad, instead of leaving them, he would take it put it in the truck and we take it home and have a brush, a burn the brush. Um, and for us, those were useless. The firewood was, was, was good for us, but the rest of it was just trash kind of, you know, we didn't need it. So I often use that as an illustration to talk about when I use this passage oh, that's good. of it's really clear to me how this looks like the analogy is really clear to me. Yeah. Um, and so Jesus, Jesus says, uh, in this, he cuts off the branches that bear no fruit, but the fruit, the trees that the branches that do bear fruit, he prunes, uh, and so this is, I've not done this much, but I've watched my dad do it a lot, pruning back a tree, a fruit tree or whatever, oh, yeah. as it bears some fruit, but pruning it back, back in the season so that it will bear more fruit in the following season mm-hmm. or, you know, and, you know. Which is it, what it you're part- talking about with fear and trembling there too. Yeah. You know, that's, um, it's uncomfortable to be pruned. It's yeah. uncomfortable to have <laughs> your branches snipped off. Yeah. yeah. But that's the process of sanctification. But it says, following right after that, so that it can be more fruitful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, there's a purpose for it. It's and that's not what vine just, dressers would do. There, there yeah. would be um, stems or, or, or stems that come from the, the true vine that, that they would have to cut around because if not, it would prohibit the growth yeah. of the actual vine that's going to bear fruit. Yeah. Uh, and it's a, it's a painful process. There's going to be cutting, but go on. Yeah, and, and just kind of as he wraps up, you already claim because of the word I have spoken to you. There's more, obviously, a lot more of this passage, but... To wrap up, there is a lot in this passage, yeah. so we're going through it very quickly. But uh, to wrap up, just yeah. the first part: no branch, and this is this is it. No branch can bear fruit by itself; it must remain in the vine. Who the vine is? I, which is Jesus, who's speaking here. Um, so it must remain in Jesus. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. So, um, like we've said with with sanctification, we're saved through faith by what Jesus did on the cross, but we grow closer. Through sanctification, sanctification is growing closer to yeah. God, and that's what He's saying by bearing more fruit. You must remain in Me in order to do that, yeah. uh, and you won't bear fruit unless you remain in Me. You can't do it alone. Right. You, you can't. And, and part of the sanctification process that is, we see in here is that pruning. Yeah, that part of us becoming more like Jesus is there's going to be times where Jesus is going to say, "Hey, let's cut this out of your life." Yeah. Hey, I need to cut. Uh, and sometimes it's literally like cutting things out of your life, maybe sins or things you struggle with or things you don't even realize is a sin when you're a first believer. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's cutting those things out and saying, hey, let's take this away because why? It grows you closer to me. Yeah. And I think this is hard for us to picture because we picture life in the terms that we live life. And <clears throat> Jesus teaches these difficult truths and parables because we can't understand them in any other way oh, yeah, the we way can't that he views us yeah so whenever whenever i th- read the vine and the branches i almost think of this as jesus jesus is viewing our lives from the viewpoint of god and the viewpoint of god is if a a fruit tree isn't doing what it's called to do if it's not producing fruit then you either cut it down and throw it in the fire or you prune it and you fix it so that it will produce fruit. But if it continually ceases producing fruit, then there's no point for it being in God's garden. And 
we can plant ourselves in God's garden. We do that when we profess faith, when we're baptized, when we give our lives to him. We plant ourselves in God's garden. But if we're not continually producing fruit in that garden, if we're not continually making the effort and the conscious decision of I'm going to grow closer to him, even while he's really trying to grow close to us by pruning us, by watering us, by giving us nutrients, eventually he's just going to say, I'm chopping it down and I'm throwing it into the fire. And it's hard for us to comprehend that because we see clearly the love of God. Why would God, if God loves us, why would he cut us out of his garden? If God loves us, why would he, you know, bring bad, difficult circumstances upon us with pruning? God has a completely different vantage point than we do. And the way he sees it is the difficult things in life produce growth closer to him, or they produce a realization that we just have to be cut out. Um, And and that's what the process of sanctification is. And for those who cut out would be people that that aren't truly believers, Um, the people that, in verse 6, that that are thrown in the fire. Mm -hmm. Um, These are people that, uh, and these could even be people that might go to church. These could be people that might look like they do all the right things, but they're not truly connected to the vine. Therefore, they're not bearing any fruit. Mm -hmm. It's not that these were Christians that, oh, they didn't bear fruit, so they got cut off. No, they weren't Christians at all in the first place. They might have had the the name. They might have claimed it, but, you know, Jesus said not everybody who says Lord, Lord. And think about how how many of those people, of, of people that fit that definition, have come into the context of the church today, where it's, I'm coming here to do networking. I'm coming here because that's what I've always done since I was raised. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. coming on Sunday morning because it makes me feel good about myself. You know, how many, how many people, how many Christians today can be described through those terms rather than saying I'm coming because I need the nutrients of God. I'm I'm becoming a part of the church because the only way that I can grow out, the only way I can produce fruit, the only way that I can continue the process of sanctification is if I come into this worship setting, is if I'm a part of this church. How many people make that statement versus, yeah, I go there because they have cool worship. I go yeah. there because I do a lot of events in the community. I do. I go there because I can meet a lot of people for my, my business. Two completely different sides mm-hmm. of, of, of the church and of Christianity. And one side, I don't think you're being fed by the vine at all. And the other side, your sole focus is being fed by the vine, yeah. by mm-hmm. being fed by the, the branch. That's mm. good. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah. Well, um, just like as he goes on in 15, um, down in uh, verse 12, well, back up. So verse 10, he says, If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father, uh, my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. And, he, and then he says this in verse uh, 12 and 13. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love uh, has no one than this that he lay down his life for his friends. And in verse 14, you are my friends if you do what I command. And he goes on to continue talking about you're not my servants, you, you're my friends, you are my equals. Mm-hmm. What God has revealed to me, I have revealed to you, and now we do it together. Uh, and this goes along with, in the New Testament, we're called co-heirs um, with Jesus. And um, this is how, and elsewhere in Scripture says, they'll know you're my followers, my disciples, by your love. Mm-hmm. They'll know who you are by how you love. And this is our command, is to love one another as, as Christ has loved. Um, and that's 
that's how we bear fruit. Like that's how we show and prove our fruit. And as James says, this is how your faith is is deemed alive is if you're following the commands that Jesus gave us, which is to love one another. And this is the one he singles out here. Um, elsewhere in Scripture, two most important commands, love God and love others, is what Jesus says. Um, here he's singling out especially love, you know, love people here. He's talking mm-hmm. about this is how, when he's talking about bearing fruit, how we do that is loving people, yeah. just by going and loving them. Obviously, loving God is still number one, but how do we love God? Part of it is loving people. Like right. we, we love his creation. Yeah. Well, you and love that, God, you love I, people. I think it's also important, you know, you're talking about um, <clears throat> about how it's important for us to bear the fruit of love, for us to go out and, and love others, to, to do these things. But I, I think it's also important that we don't that we don't go out and try to do these things first. Um, what I'm saying, think about um, we all know the fruit of the spirit that that Paul talks about. If, if you're a Christian, if you grew up in the church, you sat down um, in children's church and learned love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self um, oh! faithfulness, <laughs> um, self control. Um, you, you learn all the fruit of the spirit. Gentleness, self-control. Um, I think one of the one of the pitfalls that the church has in teaching the fruit of the spirit is that we almost by default teach kids that this is what they have to do. We say these are the fruit of the spirit. Do these things, and you grow closer to God. The fruit of the spirit ties into this teaching in John 15. It's not you go and try to do the fruit of the Spirit. It's the Spirit is within you as you're being sanctified. This is the fruit that are going to fall out of you. And to know if you're being sanctified, to know if the Spirit is growing in you, you have to assess yourself and say, do I have kindness? Am I naturally patient? Do I love others? Do I show joy? Am I gentle? Do I have self-control? Am I faithful? Are these the things that are coming out of me? Because if that's the case, then I am growing. I am going through this process of sanctification. But before this, in verses nine, this is in Galatians chapter 5, the fruit of the Spirit is in verses 22 through um, 23. In verses 19 through 21, Paul's talking about the fruit of the flesh. And he's saying, you know, sexual immorality moral impurity, promiscuity, adultery, sorcery, hatred, strifes, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, all these things he mentions as fruit of the flesh. And if we assess ourselves and look at ourselves and do this honestly, we have to be willing to to see are the actions that I'm doing, are the, are the things that I, are the fruit that's pouring out of me, are they more related to the fruit of the flesh that Paul's talking about in Galatians 5, 19 through 21? Or are they the fruit of the Spirit in verses 22 and 23? Because fruit isn't something that we just go and do. You can't, you can try to say, I'm going to choose to do fruit of the Spirit. And you might for a week or so. But you can only consistently pour out that fruit if the Spirit is what's feeding Right. The branches mm. to produce and it become part of your very own character, yeah. you know. Yeah, and so we have to honestly, as Christians, assess ourselves: what fruit are we producing? Because the type of fruit we're producing shows us the type of soil, the type of nutrients that we're receiving. Mm. Um, yeah, that's what he says. That's in sanctification. Chapter fifteen, verse four of John: "Remain in me, and I'll remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself; it must remain in the vine." And that's yep. exactly what 
what Garrett is saying is that we we can't bear fruit on our own. Maybe you can for a day or two, like you said. You you know you can make we, it appear like it. Yeah, our will is pretty strong. We can we can do it for a couple of days, but it's not going to last because we're not. If we're doing it or trying to do it, we're not remaining in the vine, in mm-hmm. the true vine. We're just doing it. And so exactly what Jesus says here: if you remain in me, and I will remain in you. If you if you choose to remain in me, I will remain in you, and you will bear much fruit. Yeah. If you don't. You will bear no fruit. Exactly. And two things we can think about with sanctification is, you know, we talked about with the pruning. Sanctification is hard. Um, it is a it is a hard thing to be sanctified, but it's worth it. And Christ is and Christ is going to come alongside us, and with the Holy Spirit inside of us, it's going to guide us. Uh, God's going to be there with us in this sanctification process. So not only um, is it hard, but sanctification is a long process. Uh, And and if you've been a Christian, you're listening to this for a long time, you can go ahead and say amen. You know this for a fact that you are being sanctified from the moment you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior to the day that you are buried in the earth. Sanctification is a process that that takes time. You you guys think about like, (laughs) do you ever just think, man, how young in my faith I was when I thought certain things or how young and kind of just laugh about, you know, first Peter talks about. First, we were given; they were given spiritual milk, but now they need to eat solid food. Mm. Uh, and, and at our moment of salvation, yes, we we only need things that that are elementary in the faith. We only mm. are going to be able to produce things that are elementary. We're, we're only going to be able to do the, the the small things. But as we grow, as I talked about earlier, sanctification is all about growth. Uh, we should be. Um, we should become more, as it says in First Peter, eating more solid foods, uh, kind of as a baby grows. Uh, and, and I don't know, do you guys? I don't know if you have any examples, but kind of things like early in your faith in your sanctification process that you would have just done that you don't even like. You think, oh, I would never do that now. Uh, do you guys have any like things you can think right off the top of your head? I'm trying. I'm trying to think of. Are you, are you talking about like, like? Um... <clears throat> Like the fruit we produce, like the actions that yeah, we Yeah, kind do. of the actions or just kind of like, you know, man, just moments where you look back and say, man, I was so young in my faith yeah. then. No, and, I, but, and just I, seeing where you grow now. So I, I know I became a Christian. I had faith and professed that faith as a five-year-old um, in elementary school. And I never, I don't think I ever really started the process of sanctification, though, until I was in high school. And, and I started I, my prayer life actually <laughs> became a thing. You know, I would yeah. pray before, but I didn't really focus on spiritual formative prayer. In high school, I started doing that. I started writing notes down. I, you know, I started devoting time to scripture. Um, and I can look back on that, on that sort of that beginning of the process of sanctification. And yeah, I, I can think back to plenty of stupid things that I did where it wasn't fruit of the spirit pouring oh, yeah. out pouring out of me it was fruit of the flesh you know um, bad tempers that I had in sports oh yeah poor decisions that I I made just um, or just your concept your idea of who God yeah. is yeah you know yeah. I just see mine change so much or even like little sins and I'm trying to think of like maybe a specific thing um, but more of it's just like things that I would say maybe early on in college or things I would yeah. do I look back and were they necessarily a sin? I, I, I don't know, but it was like, Christian, did that really glorify God? Mm. You know, and I think about that, like, at, at that point, I was like, oh, well, I didn't murder somebody, or I didn't cuss, or, <laughs> yeah. you know, I guess it's not a sin. But as I grow older, I'm like, why did I say that? Yeah. And it's not that it was a bad thing, but it wasn't maybe encouraging someone in Christ. Or I, I think little things like that, I kind of look back and laugh like, 
Oh, Christian, you were so yeah immature. I, I had a, I'll share this. I had a good conversation with a really good pastor friend the other day, and uh, we just sat there. We went to Campbellsville together, and we just sat back. And I'll say this: we were both Christians at the time. We were young in our faith. Uh, we both got saved when we were younger, um, but we were still in that process of sanctification. You know, freshman year, sophomore year of college, junior year of college, still very young. Uh, and, and immature, but we were just talking about like we were laughing about, man, how much better we would do ministry now if we were in college, uh, with what we know, mm. and just kind of laughing because we were both in leadership positions in our um, Baptist campus ministries, and just laughing about, oh my gosh, we did so terrible. And, and you know, I'm thankful for God's grace, and I know God still worked in us uh, and through us, but I just look at how young we were in our sanctification process, mm. and I think you know if you're listening now. Think about the times in your life where you were young in your faith and kind of do, you know, uh, Paul talks about in Corinthians to examine ourselves. Examine yourself and kind of see where you've come in your sanctification Mm -hmm. process. Uh, It will probably um, bring some laughs in your mind, but uh, it also bring maybe some serious um, uh, examples that you can look at. Man, I've come from here Mm. Uh, and also see we also have a goal we're looking to, which is Christ, the the perfect uh, God man. Um, and we can look at that to see, hey, this is where we want to get. It's mm. good stuff. Good you know, stuff. you say that at the end of every podcast. Have you ever noticed that? That's my. Uh, that's his go-to. That's my wrap-up. That's wrap-up wrap line. You guys that's haven't caught stuff. on, and now everyone knows it. So you're gonna know now. Have you ever used? Say, have you ever used great stuff? Um, no, I reserve that for the Lord and His creation. No, I'm talking about like the product, great stuff. It's like foam. Oh. <laughs> No, I don't even know what that is. So. And we use it for VBS decorations and stuff. Yeah. It's like foam in a can. <laughs> Sounds like good stuff. Hey, anybody got a hum moment? Uh, huh. Huh. I got a hum moment. Okay. I'm a basketball fan. I'm a big... A lot of people... Do y'all like college better than NBA? College. college. 100%. All right. I like Kentucky basketball the best, and I like March Madness the best. But other than that, I like NBA... I'd rather watch an NBA game than just a random college really? game. Really? Uh, this is the NBA little hum moment. I think about the Philadelphia 76ers. All right? I'm not a Philly fan. I don't like the Sixers. I don't, to be honest, I don't like Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid. Not that I don't like them as people. I just don't like them as players. I don't like watching them. Uh, they're great players. Um, but they're in what they would call the process of winning an NBA championship. And something Joel Embiid says, uh, he might be the MVP this year. Uh, but when he first came on, he said, do y'all know the phrase? He constantly said, trust the process. Uh, and that, that's become, I figured his phrase was, I'm the best ever lived. <laughs> that too. I think that was the second phrase. Yeah. Um, so Embiid was all about trusting the process for Philly to win an NBA championship. A lot like salvation. You know, we need to trust the process of becoming huh. more like Christ. Huh? Uh, huh. But the hum moment today is the last time the Sixers won the NBA championship. Can you guess what year? Um, 87. Would have been with Dr. J probably. 76. 1983, right? Woo, in the close. middle of both of y'all. Woo. So, um, yeah, so I just I think don't know about, anything about NBA. Actually, so. they didn't come into the league until 78, I don't think. Yeah, probably not till I don't know when they came in the league. Yeah, um, yeah they won... Did, yeah, but the last time they won an NBA championship was 1983. I, I share a birthday with a famous 76er. Who is it? Allen Iverson? Yes. Dude, that's my favorite 76 well, Me and Allen Iverson. Yeah. Oh, Allen Iverson and Dr. J. Those both are my... June 7th. I'm going to have to look that up to confirm. <laughs> but in the library in my middle school, it had like famous birthdays. And I'm pretty sure it was Allen Iverson. You can confirm. And if it's wrong, I don't know who it is because 
I don't remember. I'll so. confirm it. Allen Iverson's birthday is June seventh, nineteen seventy five. So me and AI, happy birthday, birthday twins. Um, Y'all play similar in basketball. Yeah, honestly, we're pretty. <laughs> we're about the same height, I think. But <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's our that's, that's our home moment. Going. The seventy sixers last won it in nineteen eighty three, and I just bring that up because it's kind of funny. They're all about trusting the process. It's been a long process yeah. for the Sixers. Well, uh, and that's yeah, you're but, right. Hey, sanctification's sanctification a long process. Does not take. A, read Romans seven. <laughs> Look at Paul. Go read Romans 7 yep. and tell me sanctification ain't a long process. Paul would Paul would agree. Yeah. Hey, we see sanctification in Peter's life too. Yeah. Well, I just I just, just his always, growth as before well. I do what I do not want to do and what I want to do That's I true. do not do. That always sticks out to me because <laughs> um, it's hard to understand. You really got to take it word by word. So, so yeah, I was completely really wrong on. about the 76ers joining the NBA in case, oh. in case you cared. <laughs> Garrett is was not it 62? <laughs> they joined in – the the team that the 76ers came from joined in 1937. Oh my gosh. Um they were from Syracuse. I think you're um, thinking about Syracuse Dr. Nationals. J. Yeah, cuz Dr. Yeah. J came from the ABA. And so yeah, and so Dr. J came from the ABA and the Nation the Syracuse Nationals became the Philadelphia 76ers in 1963. Nice. So but yeah, Dr. J came from the ABA. That's yeah. what I was thinking of. One of the most underrated I, I feel like he's underrated. That dude was good. But, hey, thank you guys for listening to the Hunt Was podcast. His first name or? <laughs> Julius. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you for listening to the Hunt podcast. We hope you enjoyed. We hope you got something out of it. And we just pray that uh, maybe out of podcasts like this, it would help you on your journey in sanctification of becoming more and more like Jesus. If you have not yet, please, we would love it so much if you would subscribe to our podcast, whether that's on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. We would love that. And Hey, if you really want to make us happy and you really want to make our day, share it on social media or maybe send a text message to your friends telling them about the podcast. But that's all we have for today. Brethren, Reverend Micah Hescock is going to close us out in prayer. Come on, Reverend. I don't know. Oh, oh, me. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. Okay, yeah. Let's pray. Bishop Micah. Is that the Christian church you got bishops? Close. No. <laughs> yeah, I think it's somewhere in there. <laughs> Father, we uh, we come to you uh, humbled, Lord, and we just, uh, uh, as we have talked about the process of sanctification, Lord, we pray that we would remain in you, uh, that you would remain in us, God. We know that you uh, give us that truth, Lord. If we choose to remain in you, that you will remain in us, God. And through your spirit, uh, through your uh, the boldness, the courage, the strength you give us, God, we will bear much fruit. I pray that we would remain in you for the duration of our life, Lord, so that we could be with you for eternity. Help us to reach out uh, to others uh, and to share that truth with them so that they could remain in you as well. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would use us to bear much fruit for your kingdom. In your name we pray. Amen.